I'd like to start really by being a bit honest with you guys and actually most of this talk is what I actually shared with the young people at MLG and it was always my, int it was my intention uh, when I saw my name was down to speak this week was for, and I chatted to Tim and said it's right to use what I've been speaking to young people and share it with you guys this morning. Tim was like yeah that's fine but I love the way God works in these things. And I really believe what I've got this morning is not just a rehash of what I shared at MLG, but I think it's really relevant and vital for us as a church, as a people, based on what Tim shared last week. Now, I don't know for those of you who were in the meeting last week if you can remember what Tim said, but I hope you do, because I think it was really exciting what Tim was sharing, because he was talking about what God is doing in this church and what God wants to do in each and every single one of us, how he wants to use us fulfill his plans and for us ordinary people from St Mary's Cray to St Paul's Cray from Orpington from wherever you are he wants to come and use you to do extraordinary things for you amen amen I hope you're excited about that I'm really excited and us leaders are really excited about what God is doing as you see God is not just looking to make you a slightly better version of yourself he's not looking at you Peter going Peter you're great, but I can make you slightly better. He's looking to come and completely transform us and to use us to do things that we could never understand or experience or even imagine ourselves. And it says this, I want to encourage you. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. So we know that what God, we can think of our lives to think about what God wants to use us for and we can kind of... But have a big picture of it and I want to tell you this morning throw that in the bin because you can't think of what God wants to use you for and it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are God has got this great big eternal plan that he set out right from the very beginning and he knew all of us and how we fitted in and he wants to come and use you for it and what he wants to do with you you can't even imagine or think up it's that exciting it's that big and what our real hope is as church leaders is over the coming years, and not just talking about the next year, but the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, we will be hearing stories of people's testimonies getting up at the front and sharing about what God has done in life. And it's not going to be, well, I was like this and God just kind of works saying, can I'm a little bit like that? People, we want people to be getting up and saying, do you know what, God has really got hold of me and he has done crazy things in my life. He's done things that I never could even imagine that he's done and I've, and I've seen God really use me to bless and minister to so many people. That is our heart. But this morning, what I've, why I think this, this talk is really relevant for us is I want to focus on three areas that we need to be aware of if we want God to use us to fulfil his plans. Because sometimes it's all well and good, getting really excited about these things. We need to kind of sometimes look back and say, actually, what do we need to do? How, how does God, what does he need us from us? And I want to focus on three areas that I want us to look at this morning. About things that we need to get, a, get hold of if we want God to use us. The first thing um, we need to do is, do we put our faith in God? Do we put our faith? We've been, people have been praying this morning about putting our faith in God and trust in him. As you see, faith is a mix of belief and trust. When we look at the word belief, we can sometimes find it's difficult. I'm sure there's some people here this morning who, who are struggling with believing, A, who God is, and what he's like, and the things, what he thinks of us, and maybe even struggling to believe that God wants to use you 
just ordinary, normal you. You might be struggling with that this morning. And sometimes with belief, it could be really hard to get hold of that and to accept it and to, and to, and to really, um, yes, I said, take hold of it and say, yes, this is truth. This is what it is. This is who God is and this is what he wants from me and what he wants to do with me. But once we've got hold of that belief, it's not enough just to believe God. We've also got to put our trust in him. This is where faith comes in. It's that mix of belief and trust. Now, I'd like to use a really silly example with you. Okay, I want to use this chair here. And I'm sure some of you probably know where I'm going with this. Now this chair, right, you can believe... Okay, when you, every time you sit down on a chair, you're putting your faith in that chair, aren't you? Because you can sit here to this morning and go, I believe in this chair. I believe that it's real. I believe that it's been well designed and it's well built and it's going to be comfortable to sit on. And I believe that if I sit down on it, I'm not going to collapse and look like an idiot falling over and everyone's going to laugh at me. And you can say that this morning, you can praise this chair, you can talk about how wonderful this chair is. But you've not put your faith in that chair until you've actually put your bottom on it, haven't you? Because you're trusting that the chair can do all those things. And of course, you sit down, hopefully this will work. <laughs> so, I put, I, <laughs> so I put my trust in the chair that it can hold me and support me and it's going to be a nice chair to sit in. And it's the same with God. Sometimes we can, just, we can sing about God and we can praise his name and we can say, Amen, he's got a plan for me. And God says, okay, well, will you trust me? Will you come put your faith in me? And we say, whoa, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And, but if we want God to use us, we've got to be people who put our faith, that's our belief and our trust in him. And it's going to be difficult at times. He's going to take us to places. He's going to ask us to do things that we're going to think, whoa, I can't be doing that. That's not like me. But we have to sometimes accept that. And there's a person in the Bible, there's many people in the Bible who showed faith in God. But there's one guy, Abraham, and the Bible calls him the father of faith. Now he is somebody, he was somebody who lived about 5,000 years ago, and he lived in a nice city, had a nice house. Do you know what I was saying about his house? Apparently it had central heating. They've done some archaeological things. Obviously he didn't use a nice gas boiler and some metal radiators, but it had some sort of system, and in the city he lived in, they had central heating there. And he was very rich, and he was a bit older, um, and he was quite settled and suddenly God came along and said Abraham will you come and follow me I've got great plans I want to do great things with you will you come now Abraham could have said well yes amen praise God you've got great things for me but I'm going to stay here in my nice house you could do great things here God can't you and if that's the case then God wouldn't have been able to use Abraham because Abraham put his faith in God and he said okay God I'm going to go with you and do you know what God called him to do to go camping for the rest of his life, to leave his nice house, his nice city, and to go off camping. Now, I love camping. We really enjoy it. We do it as family holidays. But if God said to me, Mark and Alice, you've got to go and live in rural fields in a tent for the rest of your life, I'd be saying, really, God? Are you sure? Can't we stay in the house there? Or can't we go and take a mobile home or something? Do we have to live in a tent? But... Um, but that's what Abraham did. He left his nice house, he sold it, left all his friends, left most of his family, just took his household, and off he went for the rest of his life. He lived in a tent. And, and I encourage you to go and read Abraham's story. And you see how he put his faith in God, and God honoured him, and God blessed him, and God used him. You also see how Abraham messed up, and at times he lost his trust in God. He tried to do things his own way, and what happened? 
They all just messed it up and made a massive mistake. But God, still loving him, brought him back in. And Abraham re-put his faith back into God. And God blessed Abraham. And we are partly standing here this morning because of Abraham's faith. And the Bible says he's the father of it. And you see, God might ask you to do things that you think, well, that's not for me. I was joking with John this week. Um, about his house move and I said I feel the word of the Lord's coming for you on September the 11th that he's going to ask you and Ruth to move back to Elton John don't worry I don't think God's going to say that God's got you once you're right here but the question comes though what happens if God did say that after three years of trying and, and waiting all the frustration that you and your Ruth have gone through if God said to you John and Ruth actually I want you back in Elton would you go would you put your faith in God and say really God it might take a bit of fighting with God. It might take a while to get there. But God might ask us to do crazy things like that. And are, will we put our faith in him? The next thing I want us to focus on this morning is our foundations. Sorry, is what are the foundations in our life? What are the things that we rely upon, that we, tra- that we, that we build our life upon? As you see, foundations are really important. Because when I talked about foundations with the young people, I got a lot of blank looks back from me, from them. And they were kind of like, what are you going on about? But I'm sure most of us here know why we have foundations. This building that we're in right now has foundations. Our house hopefully has foundations. Because foundations are so important. Because if you try and build something without foundations, the building won't last very long. Now, see, the God might, might say to us as a river church, you know what, I've got something really awesome for you. I want you to go and build your own building. And that's where your church is. Maybe he might even give us the field over the road there and says, off you go, go and build your church and give us a big pot of money. Now, if us, in our desire to build a church, decided, I know, we can save a bit of money and save a bit of time, we can go and build, our, build this nice new church, but we won't bother with any foundations because then we can build it really quickly. And we might build a lovely church and it might look fantastic and it's got all the kids' room we need, it's got all the, the um, big area for us to come and worship. But of course, what's going to happen? Uh, it will look great for a few months, but then the house on the ground will start to move and as the ground gets a bit wet, it'll start to shake. And suddenly, the whole building would basically start to crack, start to fall in, and eventually we'd have to condemn the building and knock it down and start again. We need foundations. But the Bible says, it says this in 1 Corinthians, that there can only be one foundation. And that foundation is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And you see, God will only build on the foundation of Jesus Christ in your life. He won't build on any other foundation you have in your life. And we can build our lives on so many things. And there could be things that might, we might see as negative, such as our, like, our money, our house, our, what, what car we have, how good looking we are, all those sort of things. We might build them on some things that we see are really good, like our friends and our family and our church and our church leaders, our home group leaders. We might even build our lives upon our husband or our wife. But God says, no, I can't build on that in your life. If you've got a foundation that is not me, I can't build. Because we know that however great some of these things are, those things are going to crack. And when the pressure comes, they're not going to be able to support what God wants to build. We know Jesus, God knows if he builds on Jesus, Jesus is never going to crack or fall down. And so sometimes God is going to take us through things to break the foundations in our life that aren't Jesus Christ, in order for he can then put Jesus Christ in there in, instead. And then if you've ever been to a building site, or seen a house being built, you'll know that it gets very messy at times. It's a nice picture of someone to build, um, 
putting some concrete in a, a foundation, you can see it's very muddy, very dirty, very messy. And that's what's going to happen to our life. If we, if we allow God to come and work and to put Jesus Christ in our life, at times it will get messy. And we'll go through things and we'll think, what are you on earth going on, God? Why are you doing all this? And God might not say anything, but as we look back, we'll see that God has been putting himself in our life and taking things out of it. I know he's taken me through things in order to break things and instead put Jesus there. Now, at this point, I really want to big up my wife, Alice. And it's one of the great privileges of getting to speak is you get to honour your, your, your partners. Now, Alice here is a blessing to so many people in church. And she's a real, somebody who ministers Jesus. I know here a lot of people have been blessed by her. And I know I've seen it. It's been a real encouragement to me as her husband to see how God has been using her. But I can pinpoint, I can know the moment that God started to really use Alice so much more. It was six years ago. And it was at a time when I got very ill. And I literally, I was off work for about three, four months. and I couldn't do anything at all. And it just also happened at this time that we were, we were going to move house. And we also, Henry was born as well. So... There's Alice at home having to pack up the house, get ready to move. She also had to look after a newborn baby and two toddlers and a husband who couldn't do anything at all. And it was a really stressful, probably the most stressful time in our lives. But, and you can kind of sometimes, as you're going through those things, you go, what, God, what are you doing? But I know that God was using that time to break the foundation that Alice had in the life of me. And that he was saying to her, and he was showing, well, he was do, taking her through this time, in order to break me in her life, if that makes sense. Because she'd been building her life partly on me, which says, seems like a really great thing. But the trouble is, I'm going to let her down at times. I'm going to get ill and she can't rely on me. And God had to take us through that time in order to break it. And I know since then, God has been using Alice so much more because instead of me, her life being built upon me, it's been built more on Jesus Christ. That's true. Amen. And, and I just, I'm so blessed by that. So it is sometimes very difficult. But Jesus, God is looking to lay the foundation of Jesus Christ in our life. And it's also what he wants us to do as a church is to be laying Jesus Christ into each other. Earlier on in that passage in Corinthians, Paul talks about how he has been, laying, has been putting seeds in people's life and he's been laying Jesus Christ as a foundation. And that's what we should be doing as a church with one another. That's what we should be doing as church ministers and church leaders and in the times that we are at the front speaking. And I want to encourage any of you, if you feel that as a church, especially as leaders or speakers, if we are not laying Jesus Christ in your life, come and speak to us. Come and challenge us and say, hang on a sec, what are you going on about that? I don't think you're preaching Jesus Christ. That's what we should be doing. And I want to encourage you, as a, and I want to encourage each of us as a, to, to take the time to invest in each other be putting Jesus Christ in there. And if you feel that you want somebody to work with you and to support you and to help lay Jesus Christ, then come, and if you, find, if you feel you don't have anybody like that in your life, then I encourage you to come and talk to us leaders and say, Joe, I really want this. I want someone to, to put some investment in me, to spend time with me to help lay Jesus Christ in there. Because if we have Jesus Christ, then God will build upon that. And he said to Peter um, in one of the Gospels that, he, that when Peter had that revelation of who Jesus Christ actually really was, that he was the Messiah, Jesus said to him, upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this foundation of you knowing that I'm the Messiah, 
I will build my church. Upon himself, he said, I will build. And if we have Jesus Christ in our life, then God will build on us and God will use us. Amen? Amen. Now, the third thing I want to just bring to our attention for us to focus on is what is the condition of our hearts? What is the condition of our hearts? Now, Jesus in the gospel spoke a lot about people's hearts and where they were actually at. And that's what we find that God is very much interested in us. What is our hearts doing? And, he tells, and Jesus told many stories. One of them was the parable of the sower. Now, I'm not going to read it all to us this morning. I'm sure most of us already know it. But in this story that Jesus told, he talks about a farmer going out and scattering seeds. And it falls on four different types of ground. Now, um, I'm sure you know that the seed represents Jesus, represents his word going out and being sown. And the ground represents us and our hearts and what our hearts are doing to receive Jesus and to receive his word. And you see, now the first ground that you get the seed goes upon is the path. And the seed doesn't go in there and it says the birds come and eat it up. And really, what is he saying? This is for people whose hearts are just really not interested. Not interested in God, not interested in God, what God wants to do. And there might be some of you out here this morning who aren't really that interested and hoping that I'll shut up soon and you can go and have a nice cup of coffee. Well, hopefully we don't have anybody like that. But the second type of ground, it said it was a stony ground and it said the seeds went in and it initially grew up, but there were no roots. And when the sun came out, it died off very quickly. And I think sometimes we could be very enthusiastic about God enthusiastic about what, what he wants to do. And after last week, we go out of church saying, yes, God's got his awesome plan for us as a church. It's amazing. It's, it's awesome. I'm well up for it. And then by Tuesday, you're just like, yeah, I'm not really that bothered. And I think we can be sometimes get quite enthusiastic, but not really actually that serious about God. And if we're not serious about God and serious about allowing him to work our lives, then God won't be able to use us. Uh, now, the third type of ground... It's the ground that had the weeds in it. And the seed, it says the seed goes out, it starts to grow up, but then the, the weeds start growing up too and they start choking out the, the seed or the, the fruit of the seed. I think this is us. I think a lot of us can sometimes fall in this category about we really want God and we want to, to follow his plans for our life. But things come in. We have distractions that come in, little, little weeds that come in that take our focus and our desire away from God. And I think for a lot of us, we can be like that. And it says in Proverbs that we're to guard our hearts, that we're to be careful about what we allow in. Because it's so easy for these little things to come in and just start to crowd out God in our lives and to take our focus off him. And it's things like that we say, um, we, and we can kind of know when we've got weeds in our life, when we start thinking, our way of thinking starts to change. We start to say things like, well, I can't come to church this week because I've got a bike race. I need to go and do a bike ride. And I can't come next week because I've got another bike ride with another friend. But maybe in like three, four weeks' time, I've got a slot in my calendar, I'll come to church then. Or maybe I can't get up and read my Bible this morning because work's been really busy and I'm so tired. I need my sleep. And you say that the next day and the next day and the next day. Or I can't do this for God because I've got this other more important thing. And if we're saying that and if we start noticing that in our life, we realise we've got weeds that God needs to come deal with. Now, I just want to say, I'm not, having, I'm not trying to say to you, if you miss church one week for any other reason, for any reason, then you're, you're struggling with God. That's not the case. I'd like to freely admit that I've missed church to go on a bike race. I'd like to freely admit that I've slept in at times, not read my Bible because I've been too tired. 
But it's not about whether you do it once or whether you do it twice, but what are you keeping doing? What is really the priority in your life? What is the thing that your heart is saying, what do I want? Do I want Jesus or do I want these other things in my life? And you know if you're saying, well, I want these other things more than I want Jesus, then you've then you're potentially got some weeds in your life that God needs to come deal with. But we look at the last soil, the fertile ground. What happens to the seed? It goes in and it gets planted. And what does Jesus says happens to this? He says you get a harvest of six, a 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. See, God is saying, once again, if you, if you allow me to come in and to grow in your life, then you will see me outworking and you will see me growing and doing things. And of course... We know that we can't change the seed. We can't change Jesus. We can't change his word. What we can do is keep an eye on our hearts, keep our, our, our eye on what the soil is doing in our lives, what our heart is like. And one other thing I want to say, that for those of you who are keen gardeners will know that when you plant a seed, you don't go to bed that night, wake up the next morning, you've got a fabulous flower or you've got a nice vegetable growing. You know it takes time. It takes time. And I think sometimes we get so frustrated with God's timings because we're saying well God you've got this plan for me why are you not doing it right now you realize that God takes his time God is working things out at his pace and sometimes we have to trust in that and just accept it like the seeds take a while to come to fruit they can be harvest harvested God just take will take time in our lives to do these things I want to finish we're just sharing a Bible verse from Galatians chapter 6. And it says, Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. Now, we all know the saying, we all know the saying, what a person re- uh, sows is what they reap. And this comes from the Bible, it comes from God. Because it's one of these things that in our life, what we sow in our lives, we will reap. And if we are putting Jesus into our lives and putting Jesus into our lives, then we will find that we get Jesus out, Jesus out. Where if we are sowing not Jesus, we are sowing ourselves or other things that we will find that we will get rubbish out. And we will find that we have a life that is frustration, that we will find a life that is not fulfilling what God wants to do because we are not putting Jesus in. And it's something we need to be aware of, that we want God, Jesus, to use us. We need to be putting Jesus in. We can't fool God. We can't trick God. We can sometimes fool each other, other people at church. And we can sort of show ourselves to be looking like we're really good and we're really on fire for God. But we can't fool God. And this is, God is looking to do a lifetime work in us. He's not just looking for this next week or for this next month. He's looking to the whole lifetime. And he really wants us to be a part of his plan. You see, it's not even just a lifetime plan he's got. It's an eternity plan. It's an eternity plan that he has set out right at the very beginning if you think about that, that it says that right before the beginning of the world, the beginning of the universe, God knew us and he had a plan for us. You think about that, God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are there planning this massive, great cosmic eternity plan out and they knew you, Marie. And they were thinking about you, Marie. And they said, we've got Marie to do this. Or we've got this plan for Marie. We've got this for you, Esther. They, God knew you and he was excited and he couldn't wait for you to be born couldn't wait for you to experience what he has i think we as, as a church i really um, want us to get a hold of this that god has got this eternity plan that he's working out and he wants us to be a part of it he's looking for people that say yes god use me 
I'm ready, I'm up for this, God. I know it's going to be difficult. I know it's going to be tough, but you're going to ask me to do things I don't want to do, but I'm up for it. And I know I struggle with things at times, but God, will you help me? That's what God is looking for this morning. People are going to be a part of his plans. But we've got to appreciate that we can only do it, on his, do it using his ways and under his conditions. We can't come and negotiate with God and say, God, well, yes, I'm well up for you being used. I'm really up for you doing these awesome things in my life. But I want to do it this way. Uh-uh. God doesn't work like that. He says, come and do it my way or there's no way. And it is our choice. It's been prayed this morning whether we choose to worship. It's our choice about whether we want to be used by God. God is ready. God is willing. God is saying, yeah, I'm here. I'm waiting for you. It's our choice about whether we say, yes, I want to be a part of that. As you see, the word for our church, the word for our network is that God is looking to use ordinary people like you and me and to come and do extraordinary things. Amen. That is God's word for us. And you see, if you read your Bible, you'll see that it's not just some nice word for our church. It's what God has promised to do right at the very beginning. That he's looking to use his people to do amazing things. And you read the, story, the people in the Bible, like Abraham, this ordinary guy that God came and picked and chose. And from him, a whole nation and whole people were created. Now I want to finish this morning by asking us to come and respond. Alice, you're right to come and sing a song. And as you respond, I want to encourage you that if you're saying to God this morning, use me, God, I'm, I'm here for you. I want you to raise your hand as we're worshipping. There's a way of saying, God, pick me, use me. I'm here for you. And I know for some of us, we might be going through some of the struggles. We might be struggling with our faith, whether we can really believe in what God has said about us or what God wants to do from us. It might be that we're struggling to really trust in him. We know this is the next step for us, but we're, we're hesitant to take that step. Or it might be we know there are some things in our life that God needs to break in order to put himself there. Or it might be that we know our heart is not clear and ready for God. This morning, I want you to just come as you are. Come as you are and just say to God, help me. Will you help me? Will you, I want to be used by you. I know some things you're working out, but will you come? I'm here. Because God, as I said, it's a lifetime work he's doing for us. It's an eternity work. He's not getting us just ready for this life. He's getting us ready for the next life, for eternity. Will we be a part of God's plan? Will we allow God to come and to use us, to be a part of what he's doing? Because he's ready. He just wants us to be willing. Amen.